Today's daf is Ksubus daf nun beis. We are holding on daf nun aleph amid beis. We are about eight lines before the end of the page. At Amr of Yehuda Hani Nashi, we're first going to discuss the chiyuv of being poda a woman who's asuratim. Without most of the daf is going to discuss, at least amid aleph is going to discuss the halachos of the obligation of a husband to be poda his wife when she's taken into captivity. So we're going to talk about what if that wife is ushered him for some other reason. She's mamzeres or something like that. Does he still have a chiyuv to be poda her? Then the Gemara is going to spend some time explaining a machlok between Rabbi Lozen and Rabbi Shua about being poda a wife who he had a neder against. Is there a chiyuv to be poda her if you can't take her back? The Gemara is then going to talk about what if a woman is held captive and her husband is dead? Are the Yisomim Chayev to be poda her, and does it make a difference whether the husband knew that she was captive before before he died or not? Then the Gemara is going to talk about what if uh, the the demands of the captors are way more than the value of the woman? Do you overpay in order to be poda a wife? And uh, just before the Mishnah and Amid Beis, the Gemara is going to talk about the geder of the chiyuv rufua. We're going to switch from the chiyuv of pidyon to the chiyuv of rufua that a husband has to pay for his wife's medical bills, and then the Mishnah is going to shift gears away from Pidyon and from Rafua, and the Mishnah is going to talk about other details of the Ksuba that we assume are a Tanai based in, that even if he leaves these details out, Ksuba Spinin Dichrin, Ksuba Spinin Nukvin, the Chiv Mizonos, even if he leaves these details out, they're still part of the Ksuba, and the Gemara is going to go into some details about the Ksuba Spinin Dichrin, what the reason for it is, and it's going to have uh, questions, seven different questions about the Ksuba Spinin Nukvin, so we're going to talk about some of those details as well. But let us uh, begin. I believe we're at Amr of Yehuda Hani Nashi, about eight lines before the end of the page. Amr of Yehuda Hani Nashi, the Ganvu Ganvi Sharyun Lugavraihu. If there are these women that were taken, they are mutter to their, they're, they're still going to be mutter to their husbands. They were taken by, uh, by bandits who uh, stole them from underneath their husbands. They've been kidnapped. They're still going to be assumed to be mutter to their husbands. But we see that while they were held in captivity, while they were uh, they were held by these bandits, they're serving bread to their to their captors. They're serving bread to the people to the listim who took them. Doesn't that show that there's some level of consent? And if there's some level of consent, shouldn't that tell us that they should not be mutaros lebaaleim? Mark explains on machmas yira. They're only doing that because they're terrified. They're not doing that because they've consented. But we even find when these captors of theirs, when these listim go out to war and go out to battle, they're providing them, they're, they're, they're handing them their, their arrows, and they're giving them all the things that they need, so they're helping them out. So again, that doesn't tell us consent. They're terrified. That's why they're doing all these things. But But certainly... If they're left alone, if the Ganavim uh, allow them to go back home, to go back to their husbands, and they decide on their own to stay where they are, then they're going to be Asir. That's not Machmazira anymore. That's something that tells us that they have consented to being with their captors. If someone is held captive by the Malchus, that is a regular din of a Shvuya. Genuve Listus 
If someone is taken by listim, by bandits, that does not have a din of regular shvuyin. But we have a brisa that says the exact opposite, that if you're taken by malchus, then it's not like shvuyin. Meaning if you say that they're like shvuyin, it means that they're mutu lebaleyen, that they're mutaras to go back to their husbands, as the ksuba says, that I'm going to take you, redeem you from captivity, and I will take you back as my wife. So if you say that they're harayin kishvuyin, that means they're mutaras lebaleyen, enon kishvuyin, would mean that they're not mutaras lebaleyen. So we have a stira about malchus and a stira about listus. Which one is mutaras lebaleyen, which ones are not? Answers the Gemara, malchus a malchus lo kasha. It's not a stira by malchus, there are two different types of malchios. Habe malchus achashverosh, habe malchus ben neitzar. By malchus achashverosh, we assume that she's uh, she, she's like a shvuya and she's mutter, she's mutaris lebala because he's a melech gadol and she knows that there's no way achashverosh is ever going to marry her. He's too big of a king, he has too many options, so she's not going to ever consent to think that she's going to want to be, she doesn't have, have any chalomos of being a princess, of being a queen, she knows that's never going to happen. But by a malchus where he was a listim and he conquered a few cities so he was more of a small time king she does have a possibility she does have a thought that maybe she will be Zoha to, uh, to, uh, to be his wife and therefore maybe she really consents Listus a listus lokasha, and the stira by listus is also not a stira. Hab ben neitzar, hab listim di alma. That uh, the case where she's asura is by ben is by is by ben neitzar, where he was a successful. Uh, he was somewhere in between a king and, uh, and and a bandit. He was a highly successful bandit. He was a kind of bandit that captured several uh, cities. So she's going to be asur because uh, she'll he'll he'll marry her. But listim di alma then uh, she's not interested at all in the list of the Alma. Everything he does to her, she's complete honest. She has no interest what, whatsoever. So that's why it's not a steer by listim either. Frekta Gemaru, Ben Neitzar, Hasam Karile Melech, Vacha Karile Listim. What's going on? We, we categorize Ben Neitzar as both a listim and a Melech. Which is it? Answer the Gemara, everything is relative in life. In Gabe Achashverosh Listim, who, with relation to Achashverosh, he's a listim. Gabe Listim di Alma, Melech, who, and as far as uh, listim di Alma work, he's a Melech in comparison to other listim. So therefore, it's not a stira at all. So we had mentioned that when it comes to a kohenes, if a man is a kohen, he has to write in the ksuba, not that I'm going to be pulled to you and then remarry you because he's not allowed to remarry you. It has to be, I'll bring you back to your father's home, I'll send you back, I'll, I'll pay for you to, to be redeemed, and then I'll send you back home. Let's say a kohen gadol is married to an almana, so she's a surah to him anyway. Is he chayiv to be poder? Yes. Shani because he can fulfill every word of that ksuba without a problem. The ksuba says that I'm going to send you back to your father's house. He will be able to send her back to her father's house. He's just not able to take her back as a wife because she's a surah to him anyway. But what about Mamzeres in the scene of the Yisrael? In the ksuba that Yisrael writes for his wife, it says that I'm going to redeem you from captivity and I'm going to take you back as my wife. But he can't do that if she's a Mamzeres or a Nesina. So is he chayev to be poder? Is that part of his chayev in the ksuba? If anyway, he's not going to be able to fulfill that whole line of the ksuba. So Abaye says, Mamzeres in the scene of the Yisrael, 
אינו חייב לפתוסה, שאינו ניקורי בבוס ונכלי לאינסו. הבעיה שיטה is that he does not have to be pulled to her because he cannot fulfill every word of that line of the ksuba, he cannot remarry her. Frek Tosas a question, well actually let's see Rava first before we see Tosas question. Rava Amar, kol she iser shviya gorim la chayav lefdosa. Iser davrachar gorim la eno chayav lefdosa. Rava says that whenever the iser that uh, of him taking her back is because she's a shvuya, then he has to be podahar. But if she's a suratim anyway, there's another iser in the picture anyhow, then he does not have to be podahar. So uh, when it comes to Mamzeres and Nisim of Yisrael, Rava agrees to Abaye that he can't fulfill the whole line of He's not chayef to be poda. Rava disagrees with the first part that if you have an almanul coin gadol, Abaye said he has to be poda because he could fulfill every word of what the ksuba says. Rava says no, she's asur to him aside from the shivya, and then, therefore he does not have to be poda. So before we get into what the Nekuda Samachlokas is, Fraktosus Akasha on the top, Vim Tomar, Bain Labai, Bain Larava, Armin Parakesh Mutaros, Yesh Mutaros, Almanul Koin Gadol, Mamzeros in the Sinli Sol, Yeshlan Ksuba, Peros, Ublaos, that it describes when you have marriages of Isir, a Mamzeros in the Sinli Sol, or an Almanul Koin Gadol, she is entitled to Peros, so Uperos, Hainu Perkona, the Perkona Tachas Peros. But we just discussed a couple of Dapim ago that what were they masaking in place of what? Meaning, what are the Chiyuvim, the husband to the wife, and that the wife gets the, the, the and, and, and the husband receives from the wife in exchange for those Chiyuvim that he has toward the wife? So he gets Peros, and in exchange for getting Peros, he's obligated to be Podahur. So if we're saying that by marriages of Isser, there's Peros, isn't that saying that there's Pidyon? So how can Rav and Abaye knock out the idea of? Pidyon by Mamzerus and Nesim of Yisrael, va'omeri da hasam pirush bekunchos diyeshlan peros sha'ochel habal mishalahen avlim lo malu lo parik luhumididei. That it just means over there that the husband eats the peros, and if he's eaten enough peros to pay for the pidyon, that's what he pays for the pidyon. But he does not have to compensate for uh, if, if if it falls short, if the amount of peros that he's eaten falls short of the price of the pidyon, he would not be chayiv liftos. So that's what Abaye and Rava are saying over here. So yes, there's peros, and yes, the value of those peros has to go toward her pidyon, but anything above that value of the peros does not have to go toward the toward the pidyon. That's the uh, the chiddush over there. Vaiter in the Gemara. Now, so we have this machlokas Abaye and Rava. If a kohen gadol was married to an almana and she was held captive, does the kohen gadol have to be poda her? Abaye said yes because he could fulfill every single word of the ksuba that I'm going to redeem you and send you back home. Rava says no because she's a suratim anyway. And the only time he's uh, obligated to be poda and send her back home is if the only isra was created by her captivity. But if the Issa was there before she was ever in captivity, he has no chiv to be poder anyway. So the Gemara suggests, maybe this is in fact the machlokas between Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yeshua in a different context. Hamadir's ishto v'nishves. The Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yeshua argue about a case where a guy is a neder, hana'a, against his wife, so they can't stay married, and then she's held captive. Rabbi Eliezer says he's chiv to be poder and he's got to pay her ksuba. Rabbi Yeshua Omer, Nosna ksubasa, ve'enu poder. Rabbi Yeshua says, No, pay her ksuba. 
divorce her and don't be poda. You have no no requirement whatsoever to be poda her. Amar Rabbi Nassan Shalti Asumchus Kisham Rabbi. We'll get to how this is the same machlokas in a moment, but some some details first. So Rabbi Nassan says, I asked Sumchus Kisham Rabbi Shua Nassan Ksuba Savenu Poda. When Rabbi Shua says that you just give her Ksuba and you're not poda her, Kishi Hidira Ulubsof Nishves. Does that apply only if the nether was there before she was ever held captive? Or even if she was taken captive and then the guy decided that he's going to take a nether, that he's not going to get Hanah from her. Meaning that would be quite a chiddish because you're saying that, that he wouldn't be chayiv to be poda her if after she's taken captive he takes the nether. Well then what's to stop him from when the wife is taken captive just saying, okay, I don't want to pay for that. So I take a nether. I take a nether. She can't get Hanah from me. I can't get enough from her. He's madir enough. So that's, uh, that, then he would take, then it would remove his chiv to be poda. Va'amar li, so, uh, so he says, I asked Sumchus this question, and Sumchus said to me, lo shamati, that he doesn't have any tradition as to uh, whether this applies even if the neder comes after the, cap- the captivity. Dvarim but it seems logical that it would be where the, it would only apply where the neder comes first. Because if you're going to say that the neder comes later, then he's going to come to make the neder dafka so he doesn't have to be pod to her. So my love, now we're going to get to how this is the same machlokas as machlokas Abay and Rava. My love, b'madir eishas kohen kamiflugi. Aren't we talking about a neder over here of an eishas kohen? That it's a kohen that was madir's wife. Because if and 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 So what does that mean? Why does that that line up? Because we're talking about a kohen that's madir's wife. Because if it were Yisrael, then uh, then then Rabbi Eliezer would never require him to be poda because you can't fulfill that line of the ksuba into that I'm going to take you back as a wife. Meaning, as long as there is a neder by Yisrael, he would never have a chiv to be poda her because he can't fulfill the whole line of the ksuba. So. Uh, uh, by, by a Kohen, but we're talking about a Kohen where the line of the Ksuba says, I'll send you back home to your parents' house. So, so Rabbi Lezer says, good, so you have to be pulled to her, even though there's some other Isser other than her Shivya that's causing uh, that's causing him not to be allowed to take her back. So Rabbi Lezer says, you still have to be pulled to her. And that, therefore, is exactly like Abaye. That Abaye is the one that said that uh, that even though there's Nisr Dover Acher, there's Nalman al Kohen Gadol, Still, you have to be poder because you could fulfill every line of the ksuba. And Rabbi Yeshua says not to be poder is going like Rava. That if you can't, ful- that, that if even though you can fulfill every line of the ksuba, but there's an iser davaracher gorimla, there's some other iser that prevents you from taking her back as a wife, then you don't have to be poder. So that's how the machlokos line up. Says the Gemara, no, we're misunderstanding Rabbi Lazar and Rabbi Yeshua if we're linking it to Abaye and Rava. Lo, the case over here was she's the one that took the neder and he was Mekayim the neder. The husband has veto rights on the neder, but he chose not to veto the neder. He chose to affirm the neder. Rabbi Lazar says he's the one that ruined their marriage by being Mekayim the neder. He's the one to blame. means it's like he put his finger in her mouth and then she bit it. Well, what did he, why was he putting his finger in her mouth? He's the one that's, uh, 
that's causing the trouble. For Rabbi Shua suffer him nasna etzba ben shina. And Rabbi Shua says, no, she's the one that's causing the trouble. What did she take a nether for in the first place? So we blame her for the nether. So ihi nasna etzba ben shina ksuba mayavidta. But wait a second, for Rabbi Shua holds that she's to blame. Why does she get her ksuba? Even Rabbi Shua said, pay her ksuba, you just don't have to be pulled to her. But if she's the one that ruined the marriage by taking a nether, so then why do you have to give the ksuba? Rabbi Nassim said that he asked Sumchus was the case that Rabbi Shor was talking about where the neder followed her captivity or the captivity followed her neder and Sumchus said he didn't know but if she's the one that took the neder who cares which came first the whole reason to distinguish between a case where he takes the neder and a case where she takes the neder is that we're afraid that, I'm sorry, we're a case where he takes the neder before the captivity and a case where he takes the neder after the captivity is that we're afraid that if the neder was taken after the captivity, he did it on purpose so that he won't have to be pulled to her. Well, you can, uh, we can be uh, we can rest assured that if she's the one that took the neder she didn't do it on purpose so that he wouldn't, that he wouldn't redeem her from captivity. That certainly wasn't wasn't her intention, so there should be no distinction between whether it was taken before or after she was taken captive if she's the one that took the neder. So says Mar, that can't either be the explanation of the Machlokas Rabbi Shua. It can't be a case where she took the neder and he was Mekayim the neder, and Machlokas Rabbi Shua is just about whose fault that really is. Now the case is, husband took the neder. But Abayi can say he's going like both Rabbi Lezer and Rabbi Shua, and so can Rava. Abai Matars Tamei, Abai will understand as follows. If it's an Almana married to a Kohen Gadol, both Rebbe Lezer and Rebbe Shua would agree, he has to be Poder, he can fulfill every word it says in the Ksuba, I will redeem you and send you back home, he can do all those things with an Almana Kohen Gadol, and therefore he has to be Poder. Mamzeres in the Sinuli Yisrael Kuliyam Lopligi, if it's a mamzaris in the scene of Israel, for sure he can't be poder because he cannot fulfill what it says in the Ksuba. He cannot take her back as a wife. And if it's an Eishas Kohen that he has that has a nether, also everyone would agree that he's chayv to be pulled to her. Because again, it's the same thing as Alman al Kohen Gadol, where the, uh, he can fulfill every word of the Ksuba. The whole machlokas is only in a case of Madir Eishas Yisrael, where the original Tanai, Vosvinach Insu, would have been would have been something that he could have uh, fulfilled at the time that he wrote the Ksuba, but at the end he's not able to fulfill it because of the neder. So Rabbi Lezer says, well, we go with Meikara when he originally wrote the Ksuba when the Chiv was originally Chal, where uh, when the Chiv was originally Chal and he was able to fulfill it, so therefore he has to be pulled to her. Rabbi Shua, Rabbi Shua says, no, Tachlis, at the end of the day, when he redeems her from captivity, he cannot take her back because there's a neder, and Mela, he doesn't have to redeem her. That whole line of the Ksuba is not something that he's Mechuyiv to do. Rava Matars Tamein, Rava will understand according to his reasoning, and he'll say as follows, again, Rava's the one that said that any time that there's an external Isser other than her Shivya, he does not have to 
Redeemer. So Rav will say, Almana Lakoin Gadol, Memzeris and Nesinul Israel, whether it's an Almana Lakoin Gadol, whether it's Memzeris and Nesinul Israel, these are externally Surim, Kuliamalo Pligi Denochayv Lavdosa. Both Rabbi Lazar and Rabbi Shaw would agree there's no Chiv to be Poder because these are externally Surim. Ki Pligi Bemadir, the whole Machlokas is only by Madir. Bein Eishes Kohen, Ubein Eishes Yisrael. Whether it be in Eishes Kohen or whether it be in Eishes Yisrael. Rabbi Lazar Azul Basar Meikara, Rabbi Shua Azul Basar Besof. And again, it's that same Machlokas, whether we follow the original time of the writing of the Ksuba, where he could have fulfilled every line of the Ksuba, or do we look at, uh, as opposed to Al-Malik HaGadol, Mamzerson, Nisim Yisrael, where there was Nisr Davaracha right there at the very beginning of the marriage. Over here, the Neder came in later, or do we look at Pasof, where the Neder didn't, uh, where, where the nether has already been chal, and therefore he's not able to take her back, and therefore you have no chiyuv to be podeher. Nishveis chayiv leftosa. So the Mishnah had said that if a woman is held captive, husband has a chiyuv to be podeher, as we've been discussing. What if she was held captive, taken captive, while the husband was alive, but then the husband died? Is that a, a chiyuv that extends to his yarshim? So the Brisa says, if the husband was aware of her of her being held captive, then the Yorshim have to be her. But if the husband was never aware of it and he just dropped dead, the Yorshim do not have to be Podeh. So Levi wanted to follow this Brisa and, and Paskin like it. So Rav said, wait, Chavivi said, who's Chavivi? Chavivi's Rabbi Chia is Rav's uncle, the post can actually bring a raya from that, that when you quote, even though a person has to be Omer Dover B'Shem Omro, there's a discussion, how how exact do you have to be in terms of B'Shem Amro? Do you need to say do you need to say the full name of the person that you're quoting or can you can you just quote some basic idea that people will know who you're talking about? There's also a discussion The Chuvas Rav Pa'alim has a Shiloh where someone asked him is Chavivi dis, a disrespectful term to refer to a Rebbe? Someone wrote a letter to his Rebbe he said Rebbe Chabibi and uh, the other Talmudim got very upset at this Talmud how could you refer to Rebbe as Chabibi? That's, someone that, that's, uh, that's a, a language of equals, so uh, the Rav Palm says, what are you talking about? Rav, Rav said Hachi Amar Habibi about his uncle and his Rebbe Rebbe Chia, so Habibi is not a Lashon of equals, Mestama would depend on how people use it in that, in that generation so in the, I think nowadays it is more of a uh, Lashon of equals or condescending, I think in, uh, in, in Israel Habibi, eh, you know I think it's a little bit different but, uh, but, but in, uh, in, 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 um, in in the times of the Amorayim, apparently it wasn't consi- it wasn't considered a language of equals. So anyway, Amr Rav, Chabibi. Chabibi said, So we don't pass like that, Brisa. El we pass like the following, Brisa. If a woman is held captive after her husband dies, the sum of no chiv whatsoever. Not only that, even if she was taken captive while the husband was alive, and then the husband died. Why do they have no chiv? Because the chiv in the ksuba says, I will uh, redeem you from captivity and then take you back as a wife. Well, they can't, he can't do that if he's dead. So the yisomim have no chiv to fulfill the, the pidyon since they can't fulfill the vosfinach l'insu. L'chora, that applies only if it's in Eishas Yisrael. But by Eishas Kohen, you can't say such a svara because he can't fulfill vosfinach l'insu. doesn't say that in the ksuba of an Eishas of of Kohen. The... Uh, 
Ram Shif asks, why doesn't the Gemara say that the first Brisa is talking about Anesha's Kohen, and that's why he has a Chiv Liftosa, and the second Brisa is talking about Anesha's Yisrael, right? Why wouldn't that, that make both Brises fit? Both Brises, it doesn't have to be a contradiction. So Ram Shif suggests that we pass like Rava, that Be'etzim, there's no Chilik between the Chiv of a Baal, who's Chiv Be'pidyon Nishto Be'esha's Kohen, and the Chiv Be'esha's Yisrael. By both of them, the, the Shorish of the Chiv is the same. It's only by Anesha's Kohen, there's a Tanai, that if whatever uh, if she she's ushered him, uh, uh, um, that that it's, it's the iser to him has to be machmashavi. Then he has to be poder anyway. But uh, any other thing for all other matters, they're considered equal. In mela, since there's no chiv to be poder by yeshus shol, mela there's no chiv to be poder by the yeshus kohen either. Even though the language lechor is only an issue when it comes to the yeshus Israel. Tan Rabbanan, new new discussion also relating. To uh, to being poda a a woman. Excuse me. Nishveis vayu mivakshin. What if uh, she was held captive? Vayu mivakshin menu ala sarab b'dameha, and they were asking for way too much money. They were asking for way more than her value, for ten times, for ten times her value. So pamri shona poda. The first time that she's taken captive, he can be pulled to her if they're asking for so much. Frek tells us, wait a second, there is a shayla meseches gitten. Why is it that there's a halacha, that we're not pulled, the Mishnah says, we're not pulled to shuyin yosem demand, that halacha is you're not supposed to be pulled to shuyin for more than their value. This is always a very sensitive topic. Whenever you have prisoner transfers and things like that, halachically, now the Israeli government doesn't do it uh, based on halacha, but if they did, this is a this is a sensitive topic of what what would they do, because uh, the demands are very often uh, very unreasonable in terms of uh, what what uh, what would be viewed as equal, even though we value a Jewish life at obviously um, uh, tremendous value. But uh, they they're always asking for way more than kedai than than, than demand. So there's a shaila in the Gemara Masechus Gittin. Why is it that we're not allowed to pay more? Is it mipnei tikkun olam? Or mishum mishum ducha mipnetikun olam, or be or mishum ducha ditzibura. Is it because we can't impose on the community so much, or it's mipnetikun olam that they're just gonna they're going to uh, to just take more captives? If you see that it's a profitable business, everyone's gonna want to just keep doing it. They're gonna keep taking more captives. So if so, fractosos. Wait a second. If we're saying over here that for your wife that you're you're allowed to do that first time, you're allowed to pay ten times her value for your wife. So isn't that a raya that it's not a din and tikkun olam? If it was din and tikkun olam, there should be no exceptions. You should not be allowed to pay ten times the value for your wife either, because then they're just going to take more captives, and it's going to be it's going to hurt somebody else. It must be that it's a din and dukha ditzibura. So that's when it's being when it's mutal on the tzibur. But if we hear a person wants to take it upon himself, say so he could pay whatever he wants. He wants to take it upon himself. That was the shaila when. Um, when uh, Rav Hutner was on the plane that was hijacked, and uh, some of the Talmidim of uh, Chaim Berlin wanted to put together a massive amount of money to try to bribe them to, to buy Rav Hutner back. Of course, the State Department doesn't negotiate with terrorists, so they didn't allow them to do that. But they had such a shaila. They asked Yaakov Kamenetsky a shaila, what to do if they're allowed to if they're allowed to do that. So there are a couple of, uh, of 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 issues. One is that maybe this is not being matil on the tzibur. We're doing it on on our own. It's not something that the tzibur is paying. And also their their taina was that a gadol adar is maybe different that when you're dealing with a muflag vidoro chacham muflag that maybe you're allowed to pay more than kadei damav. But uh, Tos says, don't you see a raya from here that it's not about tikkun olam? Tos says no, a very big so says. Let's say you're a billionaire and you, and, uh, you were, and you were held captive. Would you be allowed to pay your own way out of captivity? Of course you'd be allowed to pay your own way out of captivity. We wouldn't say that a person can't redeem himself 
from captivity. It's just a question of what the what others should do for him. When it comes to one's wife being held captive, the same halachas would apply. Whatever one would say about himself, one would say about his wife as well. It, interestingly, Tos says, but it seems from, from the sugyas that the same would not apply to a daughter, that it's only for a wife that we would say that, uh, that it's ishto kigufo, that she's exactly like, like him. The marshal also raised the question that when the Gemara says that ad asar bedameha, so marshal says it's a davar pashut, that it doesn't mean to say that dafka only until 10 times the value and not more. It's, a, it's an expression, not a sarba means and it's, it's 15 times the value, that as well, uh, because there's no logic to assume that we should draw the line at 10 times uh, her value. So that's what the, the Marsha suggests. Um, Okay, weiter in the Gemara. So, Pam Rishon Apoda, we said, Mikan Ve'elach Rotz Apoda, Rotz Apoda. But after that, if she's held captivity, if she's held captive again, then it's, he has the option of choosing to be Poda her or not. He does not have to continue to be Poda her. So, Rosh says, what does that mean? He doesn't have to be Poda her at all, or he doesn't have to overpay a second time. So, Rashi writes that the Rabbanon were not Masakein more than one Pidyon in a lifetime. She's taken, she's taken captive once, that's what you pay for. You don't have to pay for a second captivity. So it sounds from Rashi that even if they're just asking a reasonable ransom, you still don't have to pay that. Tosos has trouble with that. Tosos The Gemara previously discussed why we're misakin certain benefits for the woman in exchange for certain chiyuvim that she has and we said that we're misakin that which is matzoi for that which is matzoi. So we assume that peros in exchange for pidyon are both considered matzoi. That peros are matzoi and pidyon is matzoi, and therefore they, they, we exchange one for the other. Well, how could you say pidyon is matzoi if it's only something that's a once in a lifetime deal? Isn't the assumption that just like peros keep on growing and keeps coming throughout every year, there are new peros, so pidyon is also matzoi? So Tos says, no, we have to say is that what the Gemara over there meant was that peros and pidyon are not matzoi. Kvura is considered matzoi. Why is kvura considered matzoi? Because not every woman is, is held captive, but everyone dies. And most often, apparently in those days at least, most often the woman died before the husband. Nowadays I think it's the opposite, but most often women would die before the husband because they would, uh, like 50% of them would die in childbirth. So they, there was, uh, women didn't make it that long. So that's, that's why kvura was considered matzoi. That's what also suggests. <laughs> We don't overpay for shvuyim if they olam. That uh, we, even if even if it's your own wife, you're not allowed to pay more than kadei demeyan, and that's because of uh, that's that's because of the concern of uh, of tikuna olam that we're that we're worried about. But if they're asking for the right value, then you would be poda. Even though the, uh, the 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 value of it is more than is more than the ksuba. If a woman is held captive and they're asking for ten times her ksuba. Pamri Shona. So this price is a little different than we said before. We were talking before about ten times her value. Now we're saying ten times her ksuba. Pamri Shona Poda Mikanvel says first time you poder, second time you have the option. Over here saying not that you only poder her uh, until her value, even if it's more than her ksuba, we're saying you only poder her up until the value of her ksuba, even if uh, it's it's less than her actual 
actual value. So Rishonim Liel tre kulei isle. No, Rishonim Liel is saying the two kulas. You don't never pay more than her value uh, that she could be sold for in, in, as a slave, nor ever more than her ksuba. You always pay the lesser amount of the of the two. That's Rishonim Liel's shita. Now, according to Rishonim Liel, if the husband wants to be poda for more money, is, is he saying that you're not allowed to? Tikkun Olam saying that you're not allowed to, or is he saying that we, he doesn't have to? That he has no he has no chiyuv. For uh, meaning, by pidyon shvuyim, we're afraid he's not allowed to. There's nisus to be poda because he's going to be matalal tzibur tikkun olam to to pay more than their than their actual value. Or so maybe you say the same thing over here, or maybe no. Maybe by wife it's different. There's no chiv on the husband to be poda more than the value. But if he wants, he's allowed to. So the ritva writes that according to Rambam Liel, if he wants to, he's certainly allowed to. It's just saying that there that there's no chiv, but there's certainly no iser either. However, the chalkas mechalkek and evnez. There's an iser to be poda if they're asking for more than her value, and it doesn't make a difference of pidyon of an isha lebaila or a pidyon shvuyim in general. It's all the same din that it's going to cause problems for the Jewish community at large, and therefore we don't allow it. That's what Rabbi Shmuel is saying. Then the Mishnah said that if a woman gets sick, the husband has to pay for refua. Almana gets supported from the Nechasm of the Yisamim. And if she needs refua, that's considered to be Mizanos, and the Yisamim have to provide her for refua as well. If there's a set amount to the refua, she has this problem right now, she needs this medication, and then everything will be fine, and then it will be over. So then that's that that's paid from the Ksuba. If it doesn't have a set amount, it's ongoing, so then it's like Mizonos, because Mizonos is also ongoing. Every day she's going to need more food, and we don't know how long she's going to live. She can need Mizonos forever. So Rafur Shein Lakitzba is the same way. That bloodletting in Eretz Yisrael has the same din as Rufua She'in Lakitzba. Rabbi Niyona writes, because Akazah Dam in Eretz Yisrael is, uh, Eretz Yisrael, they didn't have a Zman Kavua for Akazah Dam. They would be makiz a lot, all the time. So that's why it's considered like Rufua She'in Lakitzba. It would be like eating. It was something that they just did all of the time, whereas in Chutzlar, apparently they didn't have such a practice. Shidim Gretzis understands differently. Shidim Gretzis quotes from Rashi, <laughs> that in Eretz Yisrael there wasn't so much bloodletting so whenever they had bloodletting it was uh, in high demand and the prices you had to pay were out of sight It was uh, the, the, the payments were, were very very high and that's why it's Ein Lakitzvah the money is Ein Lakitzvah whereas in Babel you could always find bloodletters and therefore the payments were, were reasonable Krevid Rabbi Yochan Havalu Itas Rabbi Yochanan had some relatives who had a father's wife who was an almana. Their father had died and they had the father's wife to support. She was always needing refua. So he came to Rabbi Yochanan and said, she's, she's, uh, she, she's drying us of all of our funds. We got nothing. She keeps on, uh, she keeps on needing refua. So Rabbi Yochanan says, here's what you should do. Go to a doctor and say, uh, we're going to offer you X amount of money to uh, provide a refua indefinitely, to be her personal doctor, to always take care of her. So pay for all of it up front, maybe you'll be, get a better deal. Rabbi Yochanan says, you know what, that wasn't really a psak halacha, that was advice that I was giving to one of the Balei Din, and I really shouldn't be doing that 
for uh, you know for for one of the balei din may karam my several himself my several. What was he thinking at first? He must have realized originally that it wasn't a pesak halacha. So may karam First, he thought that he has an obligation toward his relatives to give them the best advice possible. And then he realized that as an adam chashuv, he shouldn't have done so. Rashi is going to explain in daf pevav. That the yisod of Adam Chashuv Shaini is that people will learn from an Adam Chashuv how to behave. So there's a chashash that people aren't going to realize that Rabbi Yochanan only gave them this advice because they were his relatives and uh, he has a mitzvah of Mibisarcha al Tesalim. They're going to think that is uh, Din Emes, that that's the Din and that's what you have to do. And they're going to do the same thing even for people who aren't their relatives and that's going to be a michshal. And that's where Rabbi Yochanan realized as an Adam Chashuv, people are looking at what I'm doing and therefore I need to be a little more careful. No Mishnah, low cost of love. If he didn't write into the Ksub and in different Yavalichiminai, Inun Yatan Kasak Subasaiki Yasar al Khaluke de Machun, that he didn't write in the Ksuba that any male children that you have from me are going to inherit the value of uh, what you're bringing into the Ksuba, the Nadunya you're bringing into the marriage, uh, more than their brothers that I may have from other marriages, meaning the money you're bringing into the marriage is not going to be split amongst all of my sons that I have from all my wives. That money is going to be earmarked specifically for your children, even if he doesn't write that in the Ksuba. Chayiv, Shu Tanai Beisdin. He's still Chayiv in that because that's a Tanai Beisdin. Similarly, Benin Nukvan di Yavan Lichiminai Yavan Yasvan Bebeisi Yomitzin Minichse Adeti Lachlan Lagovrin. If he doesn't write into the Ksuba that any female children you have from me will have the right to live in my house even after you die, will always be able to live in my house and be supported from my uh, from my Nechasim until they get married. Even if he doesn't write that, Chayiv, Shu Tanai Beisdin. He's Chayiv anyway because it's Tanai Beisdin. If he doesn't write in the Ksuba that you will get to live in my house as long as you're in Almana after I die until, uh, until you get remarried, he's Chayev anyway because it's Tanai Beisin. The, all these things were written by the Anshi Yerushalayim. Anshi Galil, you call him Anshi Yerushalayim, and Anshi Galil would write a ksuba the same as Anshi Yerushalayim. Anshi Yehuda, you call him Anshi Yerushalayim, but, but the Anshi uh, Yehuda would write, not that you could stay in my house as long as you're in Almana, you could stay in my house as long as, either as long as you're in Almana, or until the Yerushalayim pay up your ksuba. Once they pay up your ksuba, though, you're out. If the Yarshim wanted, they could just pay her Ksuba and then she was out. Then she had to then she had to leave. What motivated the Chacham to be Mesakein? This idea of Ksubas bin Indukhrin, that the Nadunya the girl brings in from her father's house is going to be earmarked if she dies to go to only her children and not the, the rest of the husband's children. Even though normally a woman dies, a husband Yarshins her, then the husband dies, all of his kids Yarshin him. So why is it only her children? Why did they make this Takana? Because there was a concern that people aren't going to want to write a big nadunya for their daughters because they're going to think, why should I write a nadunya for my daughter? Why should I give a nadunya to my daughter? She's just going to go and it's going to go to somebody else's kids. I want it to go to my grandkids. So uh, in order, so we assure the shver that don't worry, it's going to your grandkids. So you could write it, you could give a big nadunya. Is there such a thing on a Daraisa level? Sons get a Yerusha, daughter doesn't get a Yerusha. Come along the Rabbanon, they say that the daughter is getting a Yerusha, that the daughter is going to be able to, to take this Nadunya and be able to pass it on to her children. This is also a Din Daraisa. 
that you should marry off your sons and your daughters and make sure that they 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 uh, they, they build families. So Bishlam Abanim, I understand how you can marry off your sons. That's in your control. But is it in your control to marry off your daughters? Why is the assumption that it's in your control? So Rashi says it's not because of the Shidduch crisis that boys always have a list of dates and girls don't. Rashi says no. It's that the derech is that the ish goes after the isha. So to find a wife for your for your son, that's that's a normal derech olam. But it's uh, not naim. It's not nice. It's not lefi uh, kvoda for a girl to be chasing after boys. So uh, to find a husband for a daughter is something that's difficult to do because it's not not proper. So you can't. It's not in your control. So how do you do it? Make your daughter as desirable a shidduch as possible by giving and dressing, dressing her nicely and, and giving her nice things and making a nice big nadunya. How big? Up to 10% of your nechasim. So I ask the Gemara a series of questions now. So maybe... They should only yarshin the stuff from the father and not from the husband. Says Mariam Kane Avnami Mimnavlokasav. The husband doesn't contribute, the father's not going to want to give either. Maybe the husband should only have to write stuff over to, to her if, if the father already did. Even a daughter among sons should get this. We treat it like a like a Yerusha. Let a daughter amongst other daughters Yarshin. Let her collect from a Tatlin. Kiksuba Shavira we treat it like Suba. Titrovim Shabdi, let him collect from Chasm Shabadim. Yartan Tanan, it says that they're Yarshin. Veima Alphagabdulekha Moser Dinar. Why don't we say that even if there's no extra money that could go to normal Yerusha, this should still be intact? The Rabbanon were not masaking to be okir Yerusha entirely. When there's something that can go to normal Yerusha, then we have the Ksubis and Binnukvin and all the rest. But if there's not, no, not, no Yerusha, then we can't have these uh, Takanos against the Dine Yerusha.